Welcome to another episode of our podcast, Let's Talk Tri-Delta. I'm Karen White, Tri-Delta CEO, and thrilled to be with you today. On Friday, July 14th, Tri-Delta will be hosting our premier conference for women in person at LEAD Chicago. It's a day designed to empower, inspire, and support you as you lead and serve in your careers and communities. And I'm really looking forward to our time together. It's been a minute. Today's guest is also going to be joining us in Chicago as one of our lead keynote speakers. I am really excited that you all get a sneak peek today with Judy Holler, best-selling author, podcaster, and entrepreneur. Judy imagines a world where the word regret has been eliminated from the conversation. Can you imagine? For the last decade, she's built an enterprise that includes a robust keynote speaking business, a top 4% podcast on iTunes, and a publishing arm that has gotten the attention of clients like the Ford Seasons, Ford Motor Company, Bank of America, the Boston Red Sox, the Ritz-Carlton, maybe you've heard of those folks. (laughs) Judy's podcast is called Yes And with Judy Holler. It highlights her professional improv training and as an alumna of Second City's Conservatory in Chicago, bringing thought-provoking ideas and inspiring weekly interviews to help elevate your mindset um, and help you take more confident action. She is also a Panhellenic sister of ours as a member of Alpha Delta Pi. Judy, welcome. (laughs) It's so good to be here. Uh, Thanks for having me. This is great. We're going to have some fun. Well, we are going to have some fun and we're so excited that you're letting us get to know you before we get to Chicago, which is, you know, home away from home for you. It is. It is like a coming home. I always get excited when I get booked by incredible um, leaders and women like you in Chicago. It just brings back some of that energy. And I'm so excited to be back in the city soon and really excited to meet all the Tri-Delt sisters that will be in the room uh, that really give back in big ways to the mission you guys are on to just lead today and make the world a better place. I love it. Well, and then you're right, because this uh, lead event precedes our volunteer leadership conference, and um, we are thrilled, right, to have uh, more than 400 Tri-Delta volunteers joining us in Chicago for some role-specific training, but many of them taking that extra day before the conference starts to invest in themselves, which I think is absolutely incredible. Oh, I I agree. I think there is nothing better than, I think Warren Buffett was once asked by someone and he was clearly the interviewer was like looking for free financial advice, I'm sure. (laughs) And he was like, what's the best investment you could ever make? And like without a flinch, Warren Buffett's like, in yourself, like in knowledge, in training, in education, because it's that one thing that never depreciates. It always provides value and no one can take it from you. Right. And so I think, you know, I think those who miss it are going to be sad they missed it, right? Because they're going to be like, oh, I wish I would have stayed because we're just going to not only have a lot of fun, but we're going to pour into um, what it takes to be brave today and what it takes to keep moving despite all the change and disruption that sort of is unavoidable, you know? Absolutely. Now, you say that among your favorite places to be in the world is in a room full of strong women. So yes. tell us that. <laughs> yes. I mean, exactly. I, you know, I, I think if you are, yeah, we've heard this, like if you're the s- smartest and strongest woman in the room, you're probably in the wrong room. You're sitting yeah. at the wrong table. Right. Yeah. And so yeah, yeah. like, I, I do this thing, Karen, I don't know if I've told you this, but I love 
all the different levels of leadership and lessons that come from all the decades of just being in life, right? So I have this thing that I do. It's called like my personal board of directors. And um, I have on that board of directors, now these are not paid positions. We don't do formal (laughs) meetings or anything like that. So I'm just going to preface that off the top of someone's listening like, oh my God, how do you afford that? No, this is me literally making personal asks. And so maybe you have three people, maybe you have six people, but here's how it goes down. And this is kind of my answer to your question. Well, it is my answer to your question. And here's why, because we need all the, all the people at the table. So my board of directors has um, one to two women who are decades younger than me, like coming up into the world and into business. They keep me connected to pop culture. They keep me cool. They're in their twenties and thirties. They know what's going on. And they also remind me of the build and the energy of youth. And again, they keep me youthful and young and cool. Right. And then I have two women, well, one man and one woman that is on my um, mid-tier board of directors. So they are in the game with me. They're like at my level. We're, We're fellow keynote speakers. We sort of can bounce ideas off of each other. And we're sort of in the game together, like working at the same level. And then I have two aspirational women who are about a decade ahead of me um, and where I want to be and where I want to go. In fact, one of those uh, keynote speakers charges six figures for her speeches. Wow. So talk about seeing what's possible and being in a space with someone who pushes me uh, beyond what I, I have ever even thought my capacity could be. And so the reason I share that is those are the rooms I want to be in. And I think when they can be all different shapes and sizes and backgrounds and levels of experience, you are only going to get better, stronger, smarter, and faster. And it sounds like that's the kind of room I'm going to be in when I get in the room with these tried out volunteers and leaders, because they're not only investing in themselves by, you know, really managing big careers of their own. They're also investing in an organization and a sorority that, you know, brought so much into their lives. And that's how we make things happen. We got to get in the room with women who are doing things differently and thinking differently than we are, because God, the world would be so boring if that wasn't the case, you know, we all were, I mean, if we were all the same, right. To me, it's the beauty of sorority, right? You're 80 pie, Fred Elta, um, the intergenerational friendships and the ability to be, I mean, Tridelta members span five decades, right? So, I mean, five, that's wrong. Five generations, pardon me. Yes. The perspective gained among those women, right? I was sharing with you. Yeah, right before we got over here. Right? Um, Meeting a Sarah Ida Shaw winner from 1968, right? Um, And the wisdom and the humor and perspective, right? So I agree with you. And I think we have this really unique opportunity to do that in sorority. Yeah. Isn't that great? It is great. Well, so 80 Pi, Missouri State right? Um, what was it like? How did it impact you? Oh my gosh. Well, it, 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 it changed everything for me. You know, I went to uniquely, you know, I'm born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri. And for high school, I went to an all girls Catholic school. So I had sort of, and that was on purpose. Like my parents didn't say like, you're going to the school. There was a really great free public school in our neighborhood, (laughs) you know, but I didn't want to, I wanted to go to incarnate word. I always felt really called to that sort of environment. Um, 
And, you know, I, I paid my way. I did work study. I worked, I, I really helped my parents be able to afford nice. uh, the, the ability for me to do that. So I had skin in the game from, from an early age. And so I started there because when I went away to school, most like 90% of the girls from my high school were going to Mizzou. And I yeah. just didn't want to end up because it was like a big sorority in high school. And I, I kind of in the least <laughs> amount of people were going to Missouri State. And so I said, you know, I'm going to pave a different path and go a different direction. And um, try the school that I feel like would push me the most out of my comfort zone. And Missouri State was that for me. And they did have a Greek life there too. And so, you know, obviously I worked for that as well and, you know, got my parents buy-in. And um, I think I dusted boots at a cowboy boot store was my first job. And then I did like the phone campaign, raising money, like, you know, calling alumni, asking for money. I did all that stuff, like to be able to chip in. And my diamond sister helped me with a lot of things. She was so great because, you know, we just didn't have a ton of money. But for me, it was everything because I... I feel like I w- I've always been a natural born leader, but like when I got into 80 pie and certainly into my sorority life, I jumped right in and I started taking leadership roles, like sharing gr- Greek week and winning yeah. Greek week the year Woo-hoo. I shared and <laughs> just getting really involved in like a lot of the social things. I organized all of our rush. Like, so we did set, we were 80 pies. So we did Saturday night pie. So oh, upon course. Saturday night live for yeah. our rush skits. And so I coordinate all of that. So the reason I share that with you is it's just such a beautiful, full illumination of what has come to be in my adult life, right. this early leadership. And most importantly, and this is the big thing for me about sorority life. And it kind of comes back to the disco ball that I have sitting next to me. Like, <laughs> I think women have this really bad habit of like, if she shines, that means there's not enough for me. Or uh, if she does better than me, then, oh my God, I'm not worthy or I'm not enough for, I got to get mine. And sorority life really taught me like, we can, we can all shine. And we can all shine in our own ways. And actually, actually, when you shine, I can shine brighter. It's proof that I can. And the more we all sort of bring our talents to the table, the better we all collectively become. And it started in high school for me, but like blew up in college and sorority life was a big, big reason for that. So I'm here for it. Like it changed my life and it just (laughs) helped me support women in an even bigger and better and bolder way. And it has really walked me in. So all the work I'm doing today, really helping women sort of live out loud and shine brighter and, and not feel bad about that, you know? Right. Yes, I do. And, and I'm thinking about you um, coordinating skits during recruitment. Of course, we called it rush back in the day, right? You know it. Um, yes. I totally know it. And Saturday night high, interesting because a good? you started your career in improv right? So, yes. you know, did any of that lead you to improv? I mean, you know, you happen to land at Second City. That is no small big feat. Time. So talk to us about your early career in improv and your love of it. Yeah, big time, big time, early slash late career. I think what a lot of people don't know, and I'll tell this from the stage um, at, at, at your event, at the lead with three D's event. Three D's. Um, <laughs> So I was at the lead. Um, It's my favorite. Um, So, so, so I'll give the cliff notes version of it. I I think this is important. You know, I took my first improv class at 30. You know, I was working, I had moved to Chicago by way of a big promotion in sales and marketing. I was, you know, working in the hotel and hospitality industry. I opened hotels and was in the meetings and convention space, which ironically lends itself so beautifully to my work work. in the convention space as a speaker, because I get what meeting planners need to get done, right? Like there's a lot of stakes involved here. Anyway, that's a whole nother conversation. So the (laughs) serendipity is so cool. Like, you know, I just think you got to follow 
the flow. You've got to follow source. You've got to follow God's path. Like whatever it is that you believe in, like there's always little things lighting up along the way. And so many times we ignore them because our nose is in our phones and we're too busy and we're worried about what everybody else is going to think. And I just started when things lit up in my path, I said, Ooh, let's go play. So second city is an example of that. And I did not take my first class till 30. Okay. So keep in mind, sorority life, Saturday night life, Saturday Night Pie, Saturday Night Live. That was like, I was obsessed. Like I had always loved sketch comedy. And I knew that Saturday Night Live and a lot of the actors on Saturday Night Live were plucked right out of Chicago and right out of Second City and Improv Olympic at the time and Annoyance and things like that. So like I had low key always known about Second City, but you know, I was living in St. Louis and I didn't have access to improv and just got into my life and into my career. And you know what we do, we get busy and then we forget our dreams and they start to collect dust. So I get this promotion. I moved to Chicago. I'm single. I'm not married. I have no kids. I don't know anyone. So I'm like, great. Maybe this is the time. So I go (laughs) to improv actually end up quitting the first time because I was so scared. Really? yeah, I, I wow. yeah, I did. I was so afraid that I was too old, too late. Everyone was going to make fun of me. All of this oh, stuff. Wow. And it took wow, me wow. Two years to go back. So at 32, yeah, I officially went back to Second City and took those classes. It changed my whole life. So yes, it's interesting. I always tell people, like if you're lost and if you're in a rut, you probably need a remix. Like it's time to change something up, remix something in your life. Yeah. But also could you look back into your youth? Maybe it's your college or high school, your grade school. Like what were those things you were doing before the world sort of told you to sit down or that it was too big or too scary or too audacious or too selfish, right? So now looking back, there's a lot of clues, right? And all the dots have been beautifully connected, but I did open the door to that improv classroom the second time. And it really changed everything for me, but it's just so on purpose because my God, it's always been my love. Like I love, I'm an artist, I'm a creator, and I love to use comedy to help people get through really scary stuff and hard things. It's how I do it. So if, if these ideas have helped me, um, be a little bit braver. I, I bet they can help you too. And that's what we'll talk about, you know, in Chicago for sure. I love it so much. So one thing you say, and I've heard you say is that all of life is improv, right? Um, yeah. Is there an event that stands out in your mind um, where you really had to use your improv skills just to get through <laughs> just one yeah you're like oh wow Uh, like let me get my diary where's my like (laughs) the daily log of stuff that goes wrong right like yes I didn't see that coming I mean my gosh I think everybody listening right now can absolutely go yeah hi COVID life (laughs) is improv and everybody's talking about the pivot I'm like babe you're not pivoting you're improvising and we're improvising every day all day every day like life is improv anything can happen at any time like Karen (laughs) you're a CEO and you're a woman in business right you're also a leader in Tridel and all the things that you do right but like think about it and you're also a mom Yeah. (laughs) Whether you have a toddler, a teenager or a thriving business, none of us wake up with a script. Anything can happen at any time, whether it's death, disruption, diagnosis, or a global pandemic. So the question then becomes, okay, cool. If I know I can't control other people, places, and or things, what do I know? Well, I can control me. I can control how I react and my favorite, and this is so improv, 
I can control what I do next. Because see, the improv theater, and this is what so many people get wrong, it's not about the best thing. It's not about being the funniest, the smartest, the greatest, the rightest, the most perfect, right? It's about what's next. Like, what am I doing to move it forward? Even if it's a little bit, what am I doing to make this other person on stage look, dare I say, better than me? And in a world that is so me, 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 and mine, 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 what if we became more shine, shine, shine? What could we create? Who could we become? And how could we have a little bit more fun when the script sort of goes off the rails, right? And also, (laughs) how do we stay brave when it does? And for me, like COVID is the most glaring example because I'm alive. I mean, I've affected all of us. My business shut down overnight. I speak at live events all over the the country and and the world and and beyond. Yeah. 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 So you're kind of like, okay, remix, pivot, (laughs) improv, deep breaths. Like what's the, I don't need to have all the answers here today. Mm -hmm. Right. Am I okay in this moment? Yes. Yeah. Um, am I healthy? Am I capable? Yes. Great. So what's the next thing? What is one thing I can yeah. do today to sort of think through yeah. how I can react to this tomorrow? Right. And that's, I just took it like three seconds of courage at a time, like three yeah. seconds of courage at a time. Yeah. And I, I continued to apply that to business decisions, scary doctor's appointments, yeah. uh, difficult phone calls, you know, right. loss, the things that are going to happen certainly as we age. So um, yeah, life is improv, you know, like I, I'm sure you can have I think you Absolutely. have a Rolodex of examples too. Like, I mean, well, you know, right? So, I mean, you're right. You're right. A global pandemic occurs. And I was one of the um, the slow adopters. Do you know what I'm saying? I thought it was two weeks. And then I thought, well, oh, yeah. okay, I guess it'll go past Memorial Day. I was literally going from mm-hmm. long weekend to long weekend to decide when we were coming back to the office, right? Because that yeah. was weighing so heavily on my heart. Lots of people wondering, yeah. you know, how long they were going to work from home. Never mind, we're running a social fraternity. Right. And the only thing you can't be in the whole world is social. We have to be socially distant. We're like, okay, so, and it is, it's like, I love your advice because it's like, okay, so what, what do we have? Right. Let's start from a place of strength right in front of me. Yeah. Right. And then what can we do? Right. And so it is kind of that. And I mean, that's like a huge, I think, leadership lesson is to, to take that, um, that stance of what's next. Right. Here's what's happening in the moment, but what's next? Right. Yes. The, the, um, the way we do it in improv is yes. And hence the name yes of my and, podcast right. and just the mantra, right. Of the improv. I mean, it's not my I- original idea. It is a historic um, tenant of the improv theater and our, our yes. And is that, okay. Yes. I see you. I hear you. I receive you. I receive whatever the world's getting, giving me universe is giving me, or this person, like I'm right here with Karen right now. Yeah. Like I'm in this moment, my phone is down. I'm here. I'm a pro I've shown up. I'm here. I'm saying yes to Karen. And cool. What's the <laughs> next thing I can do? Well, right. how can I add to the conversation? How can I keep it moving for keep it moving forward? So we can apply this to like, I'll give you a perfect example. Someone comes to you and says, and this is why it's so big in leadership. Like these are the leaders we want to work with and work for and the people and the humans we want to be around because they keep things moving. So someone comes to you and says, you know, um, Karen, I say I work with you, right? And I'm like, Karen, yeah. I really want the promotion. I want to get this big promotion. I want to be your senior VP. And you say to me, uh, yes, Judy, I understand you want to be my SVP, but you're not ready yet. That feels very different than you saying to me, yes, Judy, I understand you want to be my SVP of marketing and let's put a plan together to get you right. ready. Exactly. Right? Like, that feels very, I, I love you, but 
feels very different than I love you. And you know what I mean? It's like a softer way to sort uh, of. It's the other side. I think but is one of the most dangerous words in the English language. It negates everything you said before it. Right. Yes. Um, and we do not like big butts and I cannot lie. Pun intended. <laughs> Well, I just I I remember resist. coaching kids too, like the, my children, like, you know, yeah. a lot of times they'll say, um, no offense, but I'm like, oh, okay. I'm going to have to stop you right there. We're done. Right. Like, yes. Like you're basically like, so imagine like, you know, you know, and just is this beautiful, comfy, lovely, because it is still a boundary. So yeah. notice, like, yeah. I want the promotion. Yes, I understand you want the promotion. And let's put a plan together. Right. Right? Your, your presentation was great, but you used too many slides or your presentation was great. And, you know, let's, let's use next, less slides next time, right? Or whatever yeah. it may be. It just sort of feels collaborative. It feels empowering. It feels creative. It feels like a door opening instead of a door shutting. Right. And so, yeah, Absolutely. I'm always thinking about like, even in my emails, this is a great like tactical tip, like go through, like before you send an email and you know, the other word I have an issue with and Karen, you're probably going to agree just, you know, I just wanted oh. to see if you had time. I just wanted to pop by. That's no, a minimizer. Hey, yes. Ask for what you want. Say right. what you want. You know, you deserve it. You are here. Take up space in this world. And yes. it is okay. So just send bots. I have like post-its on my computer. So like before I send an email, I'm like, am I being, am I asking for what I want? Am right. I, am I, or am I, you know, am I afraid? And I think the just and the butts are, are sneaky little ways that fear hides, right? Like yeah. it diminishes, you know, what it is that we really want. And it really truly diminishes you. And, um, you know, you have every right to ask for what you want and to say what you mean. And there are beautiful ways to do that that are collaborative and powerful. So that's your homework assignment. If you're listening to this, we do not like big butts and get rid of those just, right? Go ask for what you want and replace them with ands or just ask for what you want. You know what I mean? I think those are perfect so examples of how improv is like sort of come into my like, now is like you, a CEO and a business owner and, and a woman in a leadership role, you know, it is, it is not just a tool to help me be braver. It is a tool to help me like lead better. Right. And be more fun to work with. Right. And more empowering. Yeah. yeah. And more collaborative. Right. That's I it. Like, and, the um, word. and gets you into so many deeper conversations and, and it invites people in to share their thoughts. Yes. 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 And, and if, and if you model it, and then the next person does it and the next person does it. You're building on ideas in a way that, um, you know, a big butt would have shut it all down. Right? Exactly. And, you know, we all deal with these, the, the yes butters, the complainers, the Debbie yes. Downers, you know, uh, certainly in corporate. One of my big things was like, you know, God, I hate, I hate the excuses or the complaining. So yes, yes. And saved me a lot there because you know, someone would come and they would be complaining about something or really frustrated about something. And I would be like, yeah, I understand you're frustrated. And what do you recommend? Yeah. <laughs> like, because <laughs> then it makes people not want to come into my office and complain, gossip or make excuses because they know I'm going to call them out on it and be like, yeah. what do you, what are you suggesting? Bring me a solution, yeah. right? But but it's also a great way to throw it back on. Like, cool, I agree with you. That is really frustrating. Like, yes, yeah. I feel you. I hear you. Yeah. Um, and like, what what would you do about it? There's Karen. You've probably heard this too. Like, Oprah was famously known for saying, like, so she's like, I have interviewed 
sheiks and presidents and Tom Cruise and all these famous people. And she goes, it didn't matter who was on my couch or sitting in the chair on the stage with me. Every time we went off the air and the tape started, stopped rolling, they would grab her and go, oh my God, how did I do? Like, how did I do? You know what I mean? So she's like, we just want to be seen. We want to know, like, do you hear me? Do you see me? Did I do okay? Am I okay? Like, did it matter? And so I think that is like, I have goosebumps. Like, I feel like that is such a beautiful reminder of why the yes and is also a beautiful mental health tool that we can use these days. Because people, we want to, I just want to know, do you see me? Like, hi, am I here? Like, do I, are you, are you too busy in your life? Or, you know, it's like, put your phone down, look at someone in the eyes, be in the moment, really listen. Um, because that can, that can make a world of difference for people, for people these days, almost more than we know. Right. It changes everything, I think. Right. And, and this idea, you know, did what I say matter, um, is kind of code for, do I matter? Right. Yes. Beautiful. Yes. Um, so I matter. I can, I good, am I good enough? Right. Do I deserve to be here in this moment? And, and to your point, we all do. And we are going to be in your moment. You're going to be in our moment at Leeds Chicago, um, in just a few days now. Um, I cannot wait wait for our audience to meet you, Judy. You are amazing. Your energy is palpable. Um, I know you are going to show up and shine because we have discussed wardrobe. Right. Yes, I am. I am back and forth on this um, right now and what we're going to wear. Um, so, so, I, you know, my team and I, cause I have a, a colleague traveling with me. And so we're like, okay. And so we're going back and forth. We're texting the tried out yes. colors. We're, we're going down the yes. whole tried out rabbit hole. So we're working on that right now. I've got a few things up my sleeve, but um, we are going to have so much fun, no doubt about it. And yes, there will probably be some space. I have no doubt we're counting on it. Absolutely counting on it. So in between now and then, as our listeners are um, tuning in, where can they learn more about you? Where do they get to know Judy Holler? I think the best place to get the flavor of Judy Holler (laughs) is um, from a social media, my most artistic and creative place to play uh, social media wise is Instagram. So, you know, at Judy Holler on Instagram and it's Judy with an I, Judy with an I. If we have any Judiths out there, you feel me. I'm Judy with an I. Um, Last name Holler, the verb H-O-L-L-E-R. Pretty easy to remember. And then of course, same, judyholler.com is my website that really showcases the work I do as a keynote speaker, um, thought leader an entrepreneur and things are constantly evolving and changing in my world. So I think the best place to stay connected is just getting on my newsletter list. That's the first list to know what's going on with me and then my Instagram. So um, thanks for asking. Yeah, Absolutely. And your book. Oh, my book, which we're going to talk about courage, no doubt about it. It is a book called fear is my homeboy really (laughs) about, uh, befriending fear. I think so many of us walk through life thinking we need to be fearless. And the big, the big lesson on the other side of improv theater at second city for me was like, actually, mm, if I'm afraid I'm probably doing it right. And hold up this fear here can actually become my biggest confidant, my best friend, my homeboy, my ride or die, uh, my number one, um, my number one in life, because it's either going to keep me safe or, um, point me in a direction that's going to push me into a place I probably need to go. We'll talk about that, but that's the essence of fear is my homeboy. It's really about being brave enough to be yourself in a world that is, um, making you feel afraid to do that. 
Well, Judy, thank you. I cannot wait, wait, wait to see in Chicago. Um, there is still time, listeners, yes. uh, to join us there. Just visit tridelta.org backslash events today. You will find a day pass for just $99 for Lead Chicago. Use the discount code SUMMER. Um, and that is with support from Tridelta's foundation that we're able to make that special rate available. Um, and then you too uh, can meet and hear from Judy Holler. So um, as always on our podcast, Judy, thanks for being with us. Uh, can't wait to see you. We um, ask our listeners to like and subscribe and rate our podcast. We do love five-star ratings. We'll be honest. Um, I want to thank you all for joining us. And until next time, Delta Love. Delta Love.